Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Final Third Podcast. We have a lot of things to talk about. We talk about U.S. Open Cup, uh, FA Women's Super League, as well as all the World Cup qualifying news from UEFA, Italy missing out, from uh, CAF, CONMEBOL, and CONCACAF, because right at the end of the show, we talk about the U.S. men's national team, where they are in qualifying, how close they are. So definitely, you're going to want to stick around until the end to hear all about the USA. And yeah, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It's Monday. It is our news and predictions episode. As always, I am your co-host, AJ Tabura. You know, fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United. Both didn't play this past weekend. Also a fan of the U.S. national team, which we did play and we will be talking about later and as always i'm joined by jack even though you didn't join me for uh, the, the th- thursday deep dive but jack is back in his normal hosting capacity jack how are you doing very good you know i'm a fan of chelsea which we'll get to talk about in one respect yes uh today uh i'm a fan of minnesota united which they kind of played minnesota united two did play and lost yes, yes. to north texas <laughs> sc unfortunately, um, and a fan of Atalanta, Minneapolis City, who we will also talk about yes, a little sir. bit, and a fan of the U.S. and French national teams, which of which we will talk about one. So yes. a lot of teams getting talked about, but still, we're not talking about Atalanta. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking about, not, not to speak about MNFUFC too, too much, uh, but I did watch a good amount of MLS Next Pro. I mean, not too much, but I I, I saw some games, saw some highlights, and uh, I'm pretty excited to have finally a reserve team because, A, I don't really care about the result because that's not what matters, so I can watch it, like, completely, you know, pressure-free, but at the same time, it's players that, you know, could could contribute to the first team, so I, I am watching scouting some might say for, for a good reason so really cool to see that we finally have a reserve team it's been too long been too long yeah this is our news and predictions episode where we go over the biggest news stories in the soccer world both on and off the field it is pretty world cup qualifier heavy uh, most of the other men's domestic leagues are out of commission right now as we go into or continue this international break so the three things that we will be talking about really focusing on are the things that are not the the men's club game so we're gonna be talking about uh the women's club game particularly in the fa women's super league because the nwsl is just starting out uh, we're also gonna be talking about the u.s open cup which uh, happened uh, first round this past week as well as of course world cup qualifiers so jack are you ready to talk about some uh, variety of things actually yes let's uh, literally around the entire world you know yeah literally literally uh, let's start close to home, though, uh, especially for us, because we, uh, uh, you know, saw our Minneapolis City play in this first round of the U.S. Open Cup. So let's start out with that. The first round uh, wrapped up after two years where this tournament was not able to be held since uh, COVID took over the world. So, Jack, there, there's a lot of storylines here uh, with the U.S. Open Cup, but why don't you get started with uh, Minneapolis City taking on Des Moines Menace since we did go to a watch party. Why don't you walk us through what happened there? Because that was probably one of the best games of this round. 
Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, so Minneapolis City went to Des Moines to face the reigning USL League Two champions. You know, uh, you know, Minneapolis City did join USL League Two. So a lot of people were really looking forward to this. AJ and I included yes. went to a watch party up in uh, up in up in a uh, kind of northern Minneapolis neighborhood. Not really north Minneapolis. In a m- more uh, northeast Minneapolis. Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah that's, it, that's where it went. Marcy Homes, best neighborhood. Yep. In a, I, I know you, you yeah. love you love your neighborhood. But yes, uh, we, we went up there to an awesome place. Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. If you're in Minneapolis, you should check it out. It's a great place. Uh, but the game itself was very fun. We missed the first goal, though, because we went outside to the food truck to get shawarma and a euro. <laughs> so uh, we we missed the first goal, but we got to see it plenty more times because it was all over the news. It made it to number two on Sports Center top 10 plays. Yes. Lionel Vang scored a beautiful free kick goal from what it must have been 35 yards out or so i, I think was, well they they had the 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 football lines right. out there and i want to say it was like 20 or so uh, what, from where was the ball it really was only 20 it, it, i mean it, i guess okay it was 20 and then the the goal was like at the other side of the end zone so so yeah about 30 30 yeah <laughs> either way it was a beautiful goal uh and got minneapolis city on the board first Des Moines Menace struck back with two goals, one in the 38th minute from Galizzi and uh, one in the 57th minute from William Rodriguez. But it was the youngest player on the team who equalized for Minneapolis City, Loic, Loic Masanvi. I, I apologize mm-hmm. if I if I got his name wrong because he is actually from my hometown. Wow. Uh, so he is an eight uh, an 18 year old player who plays for local high school down there and. Uh, he he scored a really good goal, you know, latched onto the end of a pass and just ran at the defense and slotted it away. Very, very good goal to see. Uh, but then, unfortunately, uh, uh, Des Moines Menace struck back with two goals in 10 minutes from Alessandro Salvadego. Struck twice, and that was it for Minneapolis City. Yeah. Their undefeated streak in the U.S. Open <laughs> Cup that has lasted since 2017 comes to an end. Uh, but it was still a fun time. It was a it was a very good game. And I'm, I think I, I speak accurately for both of us when I say we're excited to see when Des Moines comes to Minneapolis in May to play. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I think in the near future, we'll be talking a lot more about Minnesota soccer particularly in Minneapolis City, and maybe delve into this game a little bit more. But uh, some defensive issues from you know a, a more inexperienced team that we took to Des Moines. But still, obviously, to get to this stage is awesome. Uh, and hopefully next year we can come back in, in a fun way. To go over some of the U.S. Open Cup uh, games I saw that were also very, very cool and very interesting, uh, I think that the top one other than this game has to be Denton Diablos FC versus great team name Defeaters Kicks Soccer Club. And if you haven't heard of Defeaters Kicks Soccer Club, it's either because A, you're not from Texas where they're from, or B, you just don't pay attention to, you know, very local soccer because they don't play in the NPSL or USL League 2. They are actually a local qualifier. So the way that the US Open Cup works is that the best teams in all of the the 
the major leagues in America, so MLS, USL, USL League 2, NPSL, they all are eligible for the US Open Cup, as well as some like true amateur teams from the even lower leagues that can qualify through local qualifiers. The Feeders was one of them. Denton Diablos won the NPSL championship, I want to say, yeah, right? Yep. Uh, I believe you are correct in that. I will check just to make sure, but I am... Uh, I- Either way, I, I, I want to say, yeah, they, they, they won the whole thing. And so you expect them to go on, but they got beat 3-2 to two by defeaters. And with, mind you, uh, a penalty shot right at the end of the game that definitely should have been a penalty. It was a, I'm forgetting if it was a foul or a handball, but the referee completely missed it, told, told them to play on, and it was the wrong decision. It could have been 3-3, could have gone to penalties, but it didn't. Very entertaining game there. Uh, we also have uh, the winner of the National Amateur Cup, which I didn't even know was a thing, uh, lands down Yonkers FC, beating a USL2 club, Ocean City Nor'easters, 4-3 on penalties after uh, a 1-1 draw after extra time. Also a very interesting, interesting game. Uh, I, I think that Las Vegas Legends 3-2 against Park City Red Wolves SC was also an interesting game that I watched. Uh pretty close i wasn't expecting uh park city to almost come back there it, it, it took uh an 84th and 90 plus second goal to even get them within striking distance but uh also another very entertaining game a lot of smoke bombs there i wasn't expecting that from a, an npsl team las vegas legends who have a pretty bad crest if i'm being honest but yeah uh, the, the one thing I did want to mention before we move on to uh, other topics was uh, FC Motown versus Westchester United. Jack, do you happen to know the story behind this game? Um, I do not know. <laughs> so this game has to be replayed because uh, it, it, it was 3-2 to two for Westchester United SC, you know. Uh, so they were slated to go on to the second round. FC Motown, despite being the home team, lost, and they're pretty sad about that. But then they put in a protest to U.S. soccer for an alleged rule-breaking. And as it turns out, one of uh, the players for Westchester United, after uh, finding finding the equalizer to send the game to extra time, uh exited the field and was examined by medical staff because of, you know, concussion protocol, something along those lines. However, he, he, he was subbed off and uh, a player, Ryan Fincher, came on for this player, which is uh, the player that came off. His name was like Milanek or whatever. But five minutes later, Fincher leaves the field and Milanek comes back on the field. And apparently the assistant referee uh, told uh, the, the Westchester uh, coaching squ- squad that they had, uh, you know, a temporary sub that they could they could use. And obviously, that's not the case. If you look in any of the, the U.S. Open Cup, the USSF, the FIFA handbook, in no place does the rule book allow a player who is suspected of being concussed to temporarily exit the field and come back. And so, despite winning the game, Westchester will have to replay this game between FC Motown 
and yeah i mean it's it's a pretty major failure by the the referee squad right jack i i mean i'm i'm reading the u.s open cups report of this yeah yeah and apparently the westchester united head coach uh blaze santan santangelo i, I want to say sure uh said that uh as milanek left the field martinez the fourth official uh approached him and told him he had a temporary sub which wow. the coach questioned and said that he doubted this was part of a tournament but uh the fourth official said yeah you you could you could replace him since he was ha- uh, suspected of having a concussion absolutely incorrect and yeah. um so yeah i i kind <laughs> i kind of feel bad for them because uh that that falls pretty squarely on the fourth official but Honestly, I, I also feel like the coach should have trusted his gut in that scenario at the yeah. same time. Like, like be like, if it sounds suspicious, then maybe it's better to not yeah, do it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jack, do you have any of the second round games that you're looking forward towards at all? I don't know if you have a, a list of them because there's a lot of games here. There are a lot of games. Uh, I think Union Omaha versus Des Moines Menace could be very interesting. Yeah. You know, Union Omaha are a decent USL League One team, and Des Moines Menace are a very good uh, USL League Two t- uh, team. So it will be very interesting to see how that one plays out there. Uh, I, I'm also looking forward to uh, New Mexico United versus Las Vegas Legends, just because I like New Mexico United. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I think they're I think they're a very cool team. Uh, that I, I'm, <laughs> that, that's, that's about the only reason why I, why I'm looking forward to that one, but I, I that they're probably my favorite club in the USL championship. Right. Uh, so I, I don't have any other real rationale for any other ones forward Madison versus Cleveland SC. Uh, I've seen both of those two teams play before. So like in person, so uh, I, I think that would be a good one to, to, to catch, you know, uh, but there, there is just a lot of games, so uh, check out as many as you can, I guess. Yeah, Jack, I have a lot that I think will be very, very cool to watch. And if, if you are listening right now, April 5th through the 7th, you can watch these games. Not only that, you can watch them on YouTube uh, if the U.S. soccer is streaming it or on ESPN Plus if you have it, which a lot of people do. And the quality is a lot better on ESPN Plus uh, than in years past, so it's really, really cool. But some games I want to highlight, Charlotte Independence versus North Carolina Fusion U23 from the USL League 2. Some pretty big North Carolina on North Carolina action right there. Indy 11 versus St. Louis City SC2. St. Louis City, of course, is the MLS team that's coming in, but however, because they have a two-team in MLS Next Pro and not a senior team, their their two team is, you know, crazy enough eligible for US Open Cup. So here they are playing. That should be interesting to see like their first big game, pretty much. Detroit City FC versus Michigan Stars FC. Detroit City FC is now in USL Championship, but used to be part of uh, NISA and ISA, which Michigan Stars FC was a part of. And a lot of people were mad because Detroit City SC, one of the biggest teams of that uh, league, left. On top of that, they are already rivals with Michigan Stars FC, so huge, huge rivalry game there. Uh, FC Tulsa versus Tulsa Athletic. Need I say more? The the Tulsa Derby, even though one of them is like three levels above the other team. Whatever. 
uh, we also have I think I think West Western Mass Pioneers versus Flower City Union should be an interesting one. But there's also a, a lot of other cool games as well because Miami FC and Miami United FC are playing Miami Derby right there. Uh, what else? You already mentioned Ford Madison. Oh, uh, Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC versus Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC. Colorado, South Colorado versus North Colorado. That should always be fun. Phoenix Rising FC versus Valley United FC. Arizona versus Arizona. Albion San Diego versus San Diego Loyals SC. Not only are they pretty similarly matched in terms of divisions, once in NISA in the third division and once in USL Championship in the second division, Obviously, you have that San Diego versus San Diego. That should be fun. Chattanooga FC versus Memphis 901 FC. I want to say it's the first time that those two Tennessee clubs are facing each other. So that should be a very fun one. Uh, Rochester, New York, New York FC from the MLS Next Pro. The only uh, independent team is taking on uh, the previously mentioned Lansdowne Yonkers FC, the winners of last year's National Amateur Cup. That should be a fun one. And that's the only one I want to talk about other than... The fact that Portland Timbers U23 is allowed to play, I don't know why that's the case. I really don't know why that's the case, but they're there too, and they're playing Sacramento Republic. So, yeah, again, a lot of a lot of games, probably even cooler ones I didn't mention, but yeah, go watch the US Open Cup. Right, Jack? Yeah, it's a great competition. Lots of fun matchups. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's... There, there's a lot of local ones, and that's what makes uh, that's what makes the U.S. Open Cup early round so exciting to watch because you're going to get a lot of those local uh, local derbies because that that's just how it's organized, which is awesome. Heck yeah, heck yeah! All right, Jack, I have done enough talking. Let's move on to the FA Women's Super League, the Women's uh, League in England. Some things pertaining your team have happened this past weekend. So why don't you, I'll hand it over to you. Why don't you talk about what has happened uh, in the FA Women's Super League? Uh, well, a lot has happened in the FA Women's Super League in just one game. In fact, nine things happened. And by things, I mean goals. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea FC women beat Leicester City women nine to zero. You know, uh, Leicester, who are famous for inflicting a nine zero uh defeat onto a different team in the men's game uh now now get uh now get uh that back in in the women's game and you know chelsea have played leicester three times this season the combined amount of goals they've beaten them by in those three matches is 18 to 0 wow um, wow two zero earlier in the league seven zero in the fa cup and nine to zero today uh very exciting matchup you know, I uh, in the first 10 or 11 minutes, it was already four to zero for Chelsea. Uh, Drew Wrighton scores in the third minute, Sam Kerr in the fifth, Bethany England in the seventh uh, and <laughs> Annie Nguyen in the 11th. And they just wow. the the game, the goals just kept coming. Bethany England added a second in the twenty eighth minute. Uh, Drew Wrighton before uh, the half was done. 45th plus fifth minute of stoppage time in that first half scores again two players already on braces Sam Kerr gets a brace as well uh, right before it or right after the break two minutes after the break in fact 47th minute scores and from there you're like okay 
Well, they're probably going to do like kind of what Germany did against Brazil in the 2014 World Cup. Like, you know, we're not going to score anymore to be nice to them. And then in the last few minutes, uh, Lauren James, Reese James's sister, actually, uh, mm. scores. And uh, then we get Jesse Fleming, who many uh, Canadian listeners may know as a member of the Canadian women's team, also scores in the 90th minute. So wow. a very complete squad performance by Chelsea. In fact, they kept Leicester to just two total shots, zero on target. Chelsea had 25 total shots with almost a, actually, yeah, a majority of them on target, 14 on target. Wow. Uh, very impressive performance by them, which brings us to the actual question beyond this, because while it's awesome to look at a result like this, it's very meaningful because this was Chelsea's game in hand over Arsenal and winning it brings them to the top of the FA Women's Super League by one point above Arsenal. So now the question is, who's going to win the FA Women's Super League? Because there's only five games left for most teams. A few of them have uh, one more, one less. But, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Manchester United all are kind of in the running, but it's really between Chelsea and Arsenal. So, AJ, who do you have winning the FA Women's Super League. Who do I have winning? Well, I'm always going to back West Ham. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid that that's <laughs> mathematically impossible, uh, as as sad as that might be for you. Unfortunate, but. unfortunate. No, I, I, think, uh, I think if I had to place a bet, I would say it's pretty 50-50, or it, it's still, I want to say it's still pretty close either way. However... I will have to give the edge to Chelsea here. And I think once you have that momentum shift within the season, things kind of fall apart or it's hard to get away from that momentum. You know, in physics, we call it inertia, right? I think Chelsea right now, especially through this game, has that inertia. They they have the form right now. The goal difference helps them so, so much. They were behind Arsenal before this a game in terms of goal difference and now obviously they are ahead of them and that's huge when i think about parallels the one i can think about the most is the 2015-16 season with tottenham hotspur and i'm not saying that arsenal are bad they've still only lost one game throughout the season but we've seen during that season it was a, it's a two-horse race between tottenham and Le- leicester city and speak, speak of the devil and <laughs> Uh, Tottenham Hotspur eventually began choking at the the, the last uh, 10 games or so and only won four of the, their last 10. And the, the, the title went to obviously Leicester City and Tottenham didn't even finish in the the, the top two. They, they, in like the very last minute, uh, got third place thanks to Arsenal being resurgent. Speak of the devil again. And I, I think, while not perfect parallels, I think we can see that if Chelsea has this momentum, has this inertia, plays a, a good amount of teams that they could easily uh, uh, beat. I mean, they, they still have to play uh, Birmingham City, for example, right? Uh, the, the first of May. So, some other uh, easier teams, uh, teams that th- they could pot- potentially beat that are lower uh, than them in the table by quite some margin. And so I think when you look at, at, at that momentum, that inertia, I think... Chelsea FC women are going to be the team to beat here in the Super League. Jack, I know what you're going to say, but 
Do you have any other justifications on why you think Chelsea are going to win the league? Well, uh, I I was looking at something real quick because, you know, I, I like some math, you know, here and there. Okay. It's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. And I was looking at the average league position of the opponents that each team still has to play. Chelsea, the average league position of their opponents is seventh, around, uh-huh, around right. seventh. Uh, Arsenal's is around ninth that they have to play, Ooh, including okay. having to play against Leicester, Everton, and Aston Villa, who are, who are ninth through 11th. Yeah, that's good. Which does bode well for them, right? But <laughs> they are also in the Champions League still, which, you know, usually I would love to be in the Champions League, but this might be one situation where it actually bodes well for, for Chelsea. Not being in this uh, right now, Arsenal are tied 1-1 with Wolfsburg in their quarterfinal. They, they have to focus on that on the 31st uh, that, that's coming up. And then they have to beat Barcelona. You know, the Barcelona that crushes the Spanish league, like conceding, what, three goals uh, last season or something crazy like that. Um, that's a tough task. Uh, so I, I'm going to say Chelsea still win it just because they have the FA Cup still to focus on. They actually play that semifinal against Arsenal coming up mm-hmm. pretty soon. Um, I can't remember the exact date of, uh, of that. And, uh, but actually April 17th, it looks like for the semifinal there. But again, you know, Arsenal have a lot of really intense games that they have to play outside of the FA Women's Super League. And when they can get second and still re-qualify for that, and they still have a good chance of doing something in the Champions League, you you start to question if maybe they, they focus on that a little bit more. And Chelsea, even though they're playing technically harder opposition, I don't see them dropping points for many of those uh, of those teams. So I, I still think Chelsea win it. I, I, I don't think that especially in uh, the women's game, you can really say that, like, oh, this team will focus on the Champions League more, this team will focus on the league. Mm -hmm. I think Arsenal just are such levels above the likes of Aston Villa, Birmingham, Leicester, that they can afford to really split time between uh, the two competitions without sacrificing too much. I mean, uh, to to give Arsenal credit, yeah, they have some very, very uh, world-class players obviously they're in this position and to say that they'll focus on the champions league more i I think is a simplification of what is actually going to happen which is maybe they they drop some points in the league but at the same time even their backups have just as much quality uh, to take on some of these teams as their first team does so i i i don't think it's as cut and dry as say uh i don't know West Ham splitting between Europa and the league. That might be a little bit more binary, but this Arsenal team and this Chelsea team are so good that they can afford to split time between all these competitions. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So, but I, I still, I still believe in Chelsea. All that being said, let's go. All right. Yes. Jack, do you have anything else to say about the FA Women's Super League before we talk about some trivia related to World Cup qualifying? Uh, I'm excited to see how it concludes the FA Women's mm-hmm. Super League. It it always seems to be very close between the teams at the top 
and this year is no different. Um, sure, the relegation race for the one spot is pretty much already decided with Birmingham City pretty much destined to go down. Uh, Leicester is the only team that could possibly still be relegated, I think. Uh, uh, I, I think Everton and Aston Villa have. You're right. Actually, you're right. Yes, they 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 still can mathematically be relegated, yeah, but, but it's not happening. It yeah, not happening. They, they would have to lose every single game and Birmingham City would have to win which every single game. Yeah, which is not. Uh, happening. Yeah, not uh, not happening. Uh, so I'm excited to see how it ends because, you know, this these two London teams, they're they're at the top of women's soccer in England. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see where they go from there. I agree. All right, Jack. It's time for, uh, you know, the best trivia show of all time. That's right. Family feud. We got, <laughs> we, we, we got your number. We got your number. I Jack should Martin. do, I should do a family feud inspired one, one of these days. I should. <laughs> yes. I, honestly, that, that'd be pretty funny. Like, like, uh, uh, have a poll or something. And I have to answer <laughs> <Yep>. like, like, uh, <laughs> Of like a hundred responders, who who do you think that they think is the best footballer in the world right now? Yep. I'll be like, Jorginho. Yeah. Jor- okay, well, <laughs> maybe if you just ask a bunch of Chelsea fans, they'll say that, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Actually, right. not not after, not after what, it, we'll talk about what, uh, yeah. why, maybe not, but uh, probably not. Jack, Jack, why don't you walk through uh, what stat padding is to the listeners that may not know? Yeah, well, stat padding is a trivia competition here. Uh, it, it's it, it's going to be an interesting one today. I tried to get a variety of questions about World Cup qualifying. I I have five questions. I was go I was going to try and implement every single uh, organization that has had uh, you know some competitions happening this uh, this week this past week, but was not able to do that for all of them. So I went for five of them here. Okay. And I have one question about each of them. Each of them has two questions embedded in that. So each one is worth two points. So we'll see how you do with those. Are you ready? I am ready and scared. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, the ones that you're more likely to know going down, like in terms of league ones. Okay. So we're going to start with UEFA. All so, right. Christian Eriksen returned to the Danish national team this week, which great story. Uh, yeah. How long did it take for him to score upon his return within oh, 20 seconds, either side? Uh, and the second point for that is who assisted that goal? Oh, man. Oh, man. I do not <laughs> know enough about uh, uh, Dutch football. Even though I, I know. Danish, I know what happened. bro. Da- Danish. Oh, Oh my they gosh! Played the Dutch. So. They played the Dutch. They played the Dutch. Yes, that, that, that's uh, got my wires uh, lacrosse there. I'm gonna go since you said tw- at like 20 seconds either side. I'm gonna go with two minutes. And ooh, can I even think of any uh, Danish players off the top of my head? Uh, I'm gonna go with. I am so blanking on uh, uh, Danish players that I, I I will abstain from answering so I don't say anything embarrassing. Wow! Wow! Really? You you don't want to give it a try? Uh, you know, cause I, I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm very much afraid that I'm gonna say like a Dutch player, for example. Oh, and I'll be like, oh okay, crap. okay. So 
Uh, you get the first point. Two two minutes is pretty close. He scored one minute and fifty three seconds okay, in. Okay, nice. All right. So that 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 counts with the twenty seconds either way. The player who assisted him was twenty two year old Andreas Skov Olsen, who plays for Club Brugge. Brugge. Okay. Brugge. I probably wouldn't Brugge? have gotten that, but you learn something new every day. So that they were both subbed on at halftime as well. Nice. So a uh, little bit of substitute combo there. Yeah, great story, now, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now we're going to CONCACAF. Oh, let's And go you, you know I like coming up with some obscure stats, so. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> how many yellow cards were distributed oh. in the 12th round the 12th of CONCACAF round. World Cup qualifying? So that means the games that happened on May or March 24th, right? Uh-huh. And which game had the least distributed? Okay. Oh man, uh, do I get a range at all? Uh, yeah, you, we'll we'll say we'll say three either side. We'll say three either side. Okay, three either side. All right. So the twenty fourth, I know Canada played Costa Rica. The USA played Mexico. Uh, what other games happened? Uh, Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica played Canada. Mm-hmm. Jamaica, El Salvador, Panama, Honduras. Okay. Uh, I am gonna go. What was the range again? Three, Three on either side. Okay. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 13. I'm going to say the least... Honestly, might have been Mexico versus the United States because that... I feel like there 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 wasn't a lot that really stuck out to me. There should have been a lot more uh, given what some of the Mexican players were doing to the U.S. players. But I'm going to go with 13 and then Mexico versus USA. That is zero for two on that one, oh, actually. Crap. It was 19 yellow cards given oh, out. I was uh, go second second yellows do count, obviously, for that. Right. Uh, but even then, it was it was still outside of the three either side range. And the least was Costa Rica versus Canada, actually. Okay. Which had only four. Every other game had five. So oh, wow. very, a very odd scenario that all of them lined up like that. So uh, but that that is that's unfortunate. That that's the league I uh, that I know you you probably watch the most Ye- of. Ye- yellow cards are <laughs> such an obscure. You, you really balanced it out. You know, you, you exactly, it's, it's yeah. the one I knew the most. But it's the stat that I obviously know the least. All right, so let's let's go to Conmebol next. You know, okay, South America. So, which team had the most shots, and which team had the least shots? And this one actually has a bonus point as well. So this one has three points possible. Okay. What is the, we'll call it a shot differential or the oh range gosh. of shots taken, the most versus least. And for all of these, we'll, we'll, we'll give you, I mean, uh, for the range, I'll give you uh, like three either side as well for that. Okay. And this is for match day 17 I'm seeing? Yes. Uh, or most recent one. So yes, 17. Okay. All right. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the list of uh teams that played here and who they played i and i know that brazil scores the most but something tells me it can't be them because chile you know they're 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 a good team chile's still a good team uh it could have just been brazil had uh, a good day it's just because i'm pretty sure Na- i know i know neymar scored a penalty i don't know uh, that is correct yep okay so so obviously uh a penalty is a shot and XG is high, so whatever. I'm going to go with Argentina because they beat Venezuela. Venezuela uh, is near or at the bottom of the entire table. So I'm going to go with them. 
having the most uh, shots. Least shots, uh, I know. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Peru on that one, uh, because Uruguay is a very good defensive team, and I feel like Peru. I don't have the table in front of me, but I feel like Peru is not a, a great offensive uh, team, all things considered. Uh, and for the the difference shot difference, oh, that's so tough. Uh, so, so is that it's, that's the, the the most shots most minus taken. least. Yep. Okay. So whoever you said for the most. However many shots they took, minus the least. Minus the least. Okay. Oh, man. I'm going to go with 20. Yeah, I'll go 20. Go go big. Uh, I'm going to give you the bonus point on there because okay. I set a range of three, but you, you were within four. It, it's 16. Give it to me. It's 16. Allow it. Allow it. <laughs> Especially since you got none of the other two ranks. Oh, crap. <laughs> it is actually Colombia who took the most shots with 19. <sighs> And the oh, least was Bolivia, Venezuela right. with only three. Oh, I, I mm. so that I so I'll I'll give you the bonus point on that. So yeah. uh, you're you're fifty. You're actually below fifty percent. You're thirty three percent. Yes. Uh, so let's see if you can turn it around with the the last two, the last two confederations to go. We're we're gonna go with Africa next. Uh, let's go. So, how many red cards were distributed? in the African oh, World gosh. Cup qualifying matches this week. And then the second point is to which nations? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if you were paying attention to those. I, I, I only watched a few because it was during, like, uh, my work. And so uh, I was, wa- I was watching. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still doing my work, but I, I could only, like, watch one of the games, which was Algeria versus Cameroon. And I'm, I'm still completely blanking on... Uh, whether or not that had any red cards or not. So I'm going to go hmm, Egypt versus Senegal. I don't remember anything happening there. Ghana versus Nigeria. I feel like that's a that's one that, that could have uh, a red card. Morocco? I feel like Morocco might have gotten a red card or maybe Democratic Republic of the Congo. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go with three, and I'm going to go with one to... Democratic Republic of Congo, one to Morocco, and then one to hmm, I'm thinking either Ghana, Nigeria, or Mali. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with Mali. I'm gonna go with Mali. Those are my three teams. You know, what? I'll give you one of the points there because you did name the two nations that did have one. It was only two red cards. Okay, but Democratic Republic of the Congo did have one, and Mali did have one. Oh, so wow. you know, you know what? I I'll give That's I'll give you the, I'll give That's you one like of the points bad. on that. Yeah, you know, that that's that that's a I mean it was a shot in the dark, I'm sure, but it, uh, <laughs> it, I I think I remember seeing like a red card okay. in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and Morocco game. Okay. Mali well, was it, absolutely a shot in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh so we'll, we'll we'll give you that one. Uh yeah. so 3 out of 8, can you turn it around to get 50% by getting both of these right? Let's see. So, which two oceanic Oh, Federation <laughs> players have the oh, most goals players? scored in qualifying, and what nations are they from? So you'll get you'll get one for either uh, the player or nation, uh, and uh, you know the uh, same for the other one. Okay. Off the bat, there's only one striker that I know from, <laughs> from Oceania. I'm gonna go with Chris Wood uh, from New Zealand. All right, one point. And 
to say that I know any of the players from any other Oceania team would be a straight up lie. So I'll I'll have to abstain from this one again. I, you, you can get ju- if you get just the country as well. Okay. Oh, who is? Let's see if you remember who who's playing in the final for no, the qualifications. No, no, I do. I do. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I know New Zealand beat Tahiti. Yep. And the Solomon Islands beat uh, 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 some other Aruba or something. I don't know. Like, but it, it, I'm going to guess just on, on the fact that they're in the final and they scored. It was like three to two. I'm going to go. With whoever it is is from uh, the Solomon Islands. That is correct, and it is Raphael Liai. I probably okay. butchered that, but yes, they have both scored four goals. So you know what? Well, I'll, I'll give you both of the points there to Let's get go. you to 50, 50% on trivia this week. Not too bad. I, I picked some obscure stats to balance things out here and there. Yeah, but, uh, Y'all sweating. Holy yeah, God. Not, not too bad, you know? Uh, so listeners, if you, if you did better than AJ, let us know. Tweet at us. Uh, tweeted AJ telling him uh, that that you beat him, uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah. but hopefully you enjoyed that trivia. Trying to find some obscure stats, some interesting stories from those games. Yeah, if if listeners, if you got Rafael uh, Liai, you, you deserve you deserve to say that you, that you know more ball than me. <laughs> let's let's get that clear. All right. Well, let's keep on this World Cup qualifying. Uh, you know, game going on because I, I, I really like World Cup qualifying. I, I think it's an, an interesting process and we are kind of rounding things out as I it's a sans. I think there might be 12 or 13 uh, teams left uh, to go over the teams that have already qualified before we go confederation by confederation. Uh, we have in the order in which they qualified, we have Qatar in, you know, because they're hosts. And then we have a lot of UEFA teams, Germany, Denmark, Brazil, actually uh, wrapped things up super early uh, late last year from Conmebol. France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England, Switzerland, Netherlands. Uh, those European teams were in the top uh, the top one of their uh, World Cup qualifying group. Uh, the second place team of those groups went on to uh, the second round where they had to go through an entire qu- another qualifying process in order to figure out the last three slots of UEFA. But we also have Conmebol, who actually uh, wrapped things up. Argentina was the next team from Conmebol uh, to make it. You had to be in the top four of the 10 teams to make it through, I want to say, unless it's top. No, it's definitely top four. And the, the, the fifth place team goes to the Inter-Confederation playoff, which we'll talk about later. Uh, so Argentina also wrapped things up super early in terms of CONMEBOL. And we had a lot of Asian teams uh, wrap things up. So in that one, it, there was two groups. If you got in the top two, you automatically qualified. If you were in uh, that third spot for both those groups, you played each other. And the winner of that third place playoff goes on to the inter-confederation playoffs there. Uh, but from Asia, we have Iran and South Korea from one side of the bracket and Japan and Saudi Arabia from the other. And then more Conmebol, Ecuador, and Uruguay qualified uh, because they got third or fourth place. And the most recent one, just today, Canada. The Canadian uh, national team, first time since 1986, has qualified for the World Cup. Uh, haven't clinched the, the top spot uh, in uh, 
in in qualifying, but still such such a huge you know accomplishment. Happy that a Minnesota United player was there to celebrate. I saw Dane St. Clair jumping up and down even even though he didn't really do anything. Uh, he was there for moral support and to help with the goalkeeping. So he he uh, uh, he 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 was there to give advice on penalty saving. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he he he, he was uh, their practice goalkeeper, and I think just shooting in the dark. I think is their best practice goalkeeper. Crepo washed. Dane Saint Clair wow. good. <laughs> no, but that, but those are the teams that have qualified. Obviously, we have the Inter Confederation playoffs to go. We still have the the African uh, teams that n- need to qualify. We have the the last of the Concacaf as well as. You know, speaking of interconfederation playoffs, OFC to go through. So l- let's go through some of these confederations and talk about the most recent games that have happened. And let's start off with UEFA. Obviously, those first place teams have qualified. Good for them. Good for them. But all the second place teams have gone on and played their first round of their their playoffs. And so in the paths, let's start with path A. It was Scotland versus Ukraine. Psych that it didn't actually happen because of the going on uh, Russian and Ukrainian war. So that's getting played in June. But Wales beat Austria to play the eventual winner of Scotland versus Ukraine. Jack, how about that Gareth Bale, huh? Wow. Yeah, I mean, hey, Wales Golf Madrid. Wales is number one on his priority list. Yeah, so. there you go. There you uh, go. He, he definitely showed it and could potentially power Wales to their first World Cup. Since 1958, I believe, wow, was the last time they played. Time. Uh, he, he has been, I mean, he just showed why he is basically the symbol of the Welsh national team. He has brought them to two major tournaments, making it to the knockout rounds of both of those tournaments as well, uh, and put in a brace against Austria to go on to a very good chance, I, I'd say, of qualifying to the World Cup. Uh Good performances for the most part for a, a lot of the rest of the team, uh, but really it was Gareth Bale who was yeah, the star I, of the show. That 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 free kick on his first goal, like the technique in that was just it, it was filthy. It was dirty. It was it was, it was decrepit. Like that that's <laughs> that that that's how crazy that free kick goal was. And that second goal, Ben Davies assists. Ben Davies is mid for you know Tottenham, as most <laughs> Tottenham players are. Uh, but he got the assist for Gareth Bale, who makes it a brace. Uh, Sabitzer got uh, the consolation goal for Austria. Unfortunately, cause I, I I do like a lot of this uh, this Austrian team. Uh, Arnautovic is kind of a kind of kind of a butt. I'll be honest, but I, you know, I don't David, like him personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you know D- David Alaba is a, a a fun player to cheer for. So. Sad to see Austria not be able to go because they are ranked 30th in the world, so they're still a very good team. But Wales will be playing Scotland versus Ukraine, the winner of that, uh, of which I said Scotland would win, of which Jack said Ukraine would win. So the 10th of June, we'll see who's who's right, you know, kind of a, a long con bet, but whatever. All right. Path B, we have Russia versus Poland. Psych, that, you know, didn't happen as well. Poland gets the walkover. Uh, Sweden versus the Czech Republic. I thought that this game, I thought this game had penalties written all over it, but it ended up being one to zero after extra time. Jack, remind me, did you bet on Sweden making it through here? I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I said right, Sweden made it through. Yeah. All right. I said Sweden too, and ah, 
I'm actually like blanking on who I said would win in the finals, but I think we both I, bo- I think we both went for Poland. I, I feel okay, like I well, went for Poland. We agreed on uh, the two paths that weren't uh, path A, so yes, it has to be Poland. Yeah. And do you have anything to say about uh, the Czech Republic-Sweden game? Uh, kind of boring, not going to lie, yeah, compared I mean, to the other games that were happening at the time. Did you really expect anything from Sweden? No offense, Sweden. I mean, yeah, Sweden are more like counterattack mindset. Uh, I know you're kind of sad about the Czech Republic getting out because they have a lot of West Ham players yeah. in in their team there. So, uh, hey, I'm I'm a if it means more rest for them. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I would have <laughs> loved to see uh, our West Ham players on the biggest stage. Uh, Suchek, according to Foot Mob, was the man of the match. So, you know, put put in a good effort there. But like I said before, Sweden uh, they have some amazing player. Uh, Isak Kulaveski, Forsberg. Lindelof, uh, you know, for for his national team has been good. So makes sense that, that they would eke out a win there. Poland versus Sweden, that should be an interesting game, especially because, Jack, there's some controversy with there the is. Polish team. They, they, they were able to, you know, get the walkover, but who knows? Maybe some drama happens and they won't they won't have the striking power to make it to the World Cup, Jack. What happened there? Yeah, well, um, Poland are feuding with, um, you know, uh, a team that not many people were betting on in MLS, in Charlotte FC. Yeah. Uh, because Charlotte FC, in a letter to the Polish national team, claimed that their, I believe he's a de- designated player, striker, yes, yes. Karol Swiderski, that he was going to be injured for one to two weeks. And surprise, surprise, he played uh, this past weekend. Yeah, scored, scored a goal. <laughs> Uh, wasn't it two goals that he scored? Uh, you or, are correct. He scored two goals. Yeah. Um. So he he played. He he looked fine. He looked healthy. Uh, and <laughs> Poland was not happy with this, uh, and um, is is very upset with Charlotte releasing the letter actually that Charlotte FC's team doctor sent to them, saying that he would be out with a return to play in one to two weeks. Uh, yes, injuries can heal faster, but. That was definitely not one week, and it certainly yeah. wasn't two. So yeah. uh, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel bad for Poland because, and I kind of feel bad for Karol Svodersky as well. You know, getting to represent your country is a cool opportunity, and especially when they could benefit from having an informed striker there. Like, sure, they have Robert Lewandowski, who is a great striker, uh, Adam Buxa, who who is a good striker as well. But you you can't doubt that. Having an, another informed striker doesn't hurt. Uh, yes, for sure. So uh, we'll see where that goes. If they if they lose by a goal to zero against Sweden or something like that, if they lose by one goal, you know, you just know that people are going to explode on Twitter over that. Yeah. I, I can just feel that happening. I already know that Charlotte is probably Poland's least favorite American city right now. Yep. So I mean, and I I don't know the actual legislation that's kind of like you know in effect right now but i wouldn't be surprised if charlotte has an investigation put onto them uh from this because it does at the very least look a little shady you know a little bit a little bit a little bit great player though great player though him and buxa polish mls players love them love them we'll see how that game goes on the 29th of march path c you know, <laughs> Portugal versus Turkey, very, very uh, 
cool match. I think uh, Portugal. I wasn't expecting uh, them to be too good, but they had uh, a good match in them. Was able to dispatch Turkey uh, pretty effectively, all, all things considered. Uh, Jack, I remember you texting me that the Portugal team was a little unbalanced, and while I'm not disagreeing with that, obviously it worked out it didn't in their favor, right? Didn't matter yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and th- 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 there were some pretty good goals. Otavio uh, basically caught the Turkey defense absolutely sleeping. Uh, Diego Jota, great goal from him in the 42nd minute, assisted by the first goal scorer, Otavio. Uh, Burak Ilmaz, 2-1, to one, uh, made the scoreline. Consolation goal, such <laughs> because so he missed the penalty in the 85th minute. Not to say that I would say that like Turkey were really... I never really felt confident that Turkey would really mount a substantial comeback, even more so after uh, that failed penalty. And then Mateus Luiz puts it out right at the end, ninth plus fourth minute, the dagger. Portugal went three to one and pretty good pretty good game. Even uh if Ronaldo wasn't on the score sheet, there were other outlets for him and uh Portugal to find, such as Otavio and Jota. Moutinho and Silva were great in the midfield as well, so big credit to them. Uh and it looks like Burak Yilmaz is retiring after this because oh, dang c- kind of upset that uh turkey's out and it's not like it's not like he had too many ill too <laughs> well, much would, in him he would be 40 at the next world cup yeah exactly <laughs> uh but obviously some frustration there after turkey missed the last world cup too i want to say i don't remember them playing in it so I, I i'm inclined to agree with you on that i mean i i think after the euro tournament we want to forget how <laughs> turkey play in general Perhaps. but yeah yes yes uh but yeah, Jack, anything to say about Portugal versus Turkey before we move on to the bigger game here? Barack Yilmaz, he really had a chance to like send this at least to extra time. Yeah. And right when he needed it most, his team needed it most, he wasn't there. And that just shows who Lille's best striker is. Yes. <laughs> Canadian Jonathan, Jonathan David. David. Yep. Who who has helped Canada a lot. But uh, yeah, you're right. And I, I just looked it up. Yeah, Turkey hasn't made it since uh, 2002. So yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. Yep, a lot of frustration because a lot of times in the past couple of years, Turkey had the talent to qualify. So I, cringe, cringe, cringe. I Turkey. also believe that spans Barack Yilmaz's entire career because he started playing in June of tw- of two thousand two uh, for Antalya Yespor uh, in Turkey, and is now playing for Lille. Uh, yeah. So that that span of Turkey without a World Cup has literally been his entire career. So I don't blame him for being frustrated with it, even though it is kind of his faults for missing the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, Jack. Everyone everyone is here for this game. And that's Italy versus North Macedonia. Oh, <laughs> North Macedonia winning in Italy for the second time in a row. One of, one of the most storied national teams. Won in 2006 has missed the World Cup. Jack, how bad How bad is it? How bad is it? It's pretty bad. Um, uh, North Macedonia, they're, they're not a team without talent. I, I will say that. They, their goalkeeper is fantastic for Rea Vallecano in Spain. In Spain. Uh, Stol Dmitrievsky, very good goalkeeper. But in no world should a team with Ezgen Alioski at left back 
be this close to qualifying to the World Cup over Italy. Uh, This team did not do enough. Uh, Donnarumma had two shots to face this entire match, saved one of them, but did not save the other. And uh, to, to Italy's credit, uh, Domenico Berardi was really trying for, for them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. He, yeah. he put in a shift and was probably one of Italy's best players, uh, along with Verratti and Jorginho, I'd say were both decent, uh, but it, it wasn't enough. And Literally at the death of this game, Alexander Trezhkovsky, I probably butchered that. He scores a really well placed shot, like a worldie for sure. Yeah, like it, it, it has, it does not look like it should go in. If you watch that, you're not thinking that's going in. You're like, that's an easy save to the goalkeeper's right, should be covered, but it wasn't. And North Macedonia have a chance to qualify for the World Cup. Um, that That's just crazy to think about, honestly. Uh, I I mean, it's a cool story for them, sure, but Italy, oh man, uh, that's, that is bad. Uh, do you want to know, do you want to know a crazy stat? And it is what? that Jorginho has not played at a World Cup. He's wow. 30 and he has not played at a World Cup. I mean, that's that's the case with a lot of these uh, players. I, I think uh, Insigne and Verratti also haven't. I don't think Insigne has played at a World Cup. Or no, Insigne I believe has. I think he played Insigne, in twenty fourteen. A, a, a bit older. Verratti, I'm not so sure of. Uh, there, there, Verratti there's probably go- has as well. He's been playing for Italy since twenty eleven. So I don't know, man. Don't it's po- know. it's possible. I, I I don't know for sure, but. You're right, though. A lot of Italy squad, a lot of potentially wasted talent. You know, this is a this is a good generation for Italy. Maybe maybe not up to the same level as you know past Italian generations of players, but this squad won the Euros. They won the Euros, so you'd think they'd do well enough to do this, but no. They ever since uh, you know the Euros, they've been pretty bad. Uh, and that's putting it quite lightly, I'd say. Uh, very underwhelming since winning the Euros. They t- they drew at home to Bulgaria in World Cup qualifying, drew away to Switzerland, beat Lithuania, lost to Spain in the Nations League, beat Belgium in the Nations League, lo- uh, drew to Switzerland in World Cup qualifying, and drew to Northern Ireland in World Cup qualifying. Yeah. And then they lost North Macedonia. I don't know what's up with Italy lately, but they have been awful since the euros like honestly they they i it it makes me wonder how they won the euros at this point uh it feels like a fluke even though they had such a long winning streak before that uh it's just crazy that they are going to be missing the second world cup in a row for them yeah i mean i I just checked the 2014 world cup squad uh you're right insigne uh who else uh Verratti. Uh, Pirlo was there. Uh, Verratti, Immobile, those are the, the three major ones. Uh, Benucci and Cialini were right. also They're, there. They, they've been there forever, it feels yeah. like. So. <laughs> all, all the other players who are still very good have not you know, gone to a, a World Cup and won't until 2026, where I'm pretty sure they'll make it after 48 teams are going to make it in. Who knows, though? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But a, a lot of this is just very, very disappointing. And this is an Italy squad that 
had that that record breaking unbeaten uh, run to fall apart in this way, it, it, it's kind of gross. How we see some some of the reasoning why this happens. Uh, uh, Fikayo Tomori basically said the reason why like this stuff has happened is because in Italy the game is more like American football instead of. In other countries like England, he points out, it's more like basketball where it's a lot more fluid. The plays are a lot more like creative and there's a lot more like thinking. In Italy, just like how in American football, it's like I have to be here. I have to run this route. It's a lot more tactically rigid, which I can kind of see where he's coming from. And that has led to Italy not being really to not being able to find any answers on an individual level, instead focusing more on, you know, the team is itself which worked really well in the euros but obviously has kind of fallen apart here i suspect because some teams might have been able to deal with the way they're tactically set up a large part of the issue i've also seen is the fact that italy just does not play as many young players as some other countries and we've seen uh germany when they did their their big reboot of their of their uh, national team focus a lot more on youth england so much and a lot of their like structural changes including you know revamping the their development uh reserve league revamping um the laws about you know homegrown players they focus on youth players a lot too france don't have to say anything about them they have some of the best like national team like uh was it uh uh air uh claire fontaine i, I believe is the the national uh, team center for developing players like they focus a lot italy it's just not the same and even though a lot of these players like you said are very good some very world-class players here might not be to the same level as it was before and even though they won the euros it's not you know if you miss two world cups that that tells you something that like in the, the euros winning that doesn't erase the fact that you now have had eight years of underperformance since the 2014 world cup so Jack, anything else you could say about this Italy team? Number six in the world, lost to number 67, is out of the World Cup. What do you have to say about that? Uh, fraud, I guess. They're fraud, frauds. yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's bad. Uh, it, it's just really bad. And also, I want to say, just again, how did Donnarumma win best goalkeeper of the year when Mendy was right there? That's, I, that's I, agree. Almost, it's, I agree. It's still ridiculous, and I feel like there is a little bit of European bias there, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Uh, the last time Italy has played a knockout round, Jack, can you guess? Uh, it was two thousand six because they lost to Slovakia in twenty ten, I believe. Yes. Uh, so yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, two thousand six, one, two thousand ten and fourteen out in the group stage. Eighteen, twenty two, not there at all. Yep. That is crazy, and it really says a lot about this team. I will give Italy some credit. I'll have to bag on Jorginho a little bit here. His two penalty is two penalty misses. Yeah. Really cost this team. And it's not all on him. Jorginho has given his all for Italy. But I do want to highlight how much how thin the margins are here that this might have been a completely different story. It could have been Italy kind of, you know, trudged to the end of World Cup qualifying, but they got there. Instead, we're saying they didn't take their chances. They weren't able to compete at the level they should be, and now they're here. So, 
to give Italy some credit, thin margins, but at the same time, this should this entire campaign should have been put away last year, truthfully. So let's leave it at that, Jack. North Macedonia, do you think they can qualify before we move on to uh, the Oceania? I hope so, because I don't want Portugal to be there. That's it. Yeah, that'd uh, be really fun. It, it would just be funny. Uh, and also, I don't like Portugal because I don't like Ronaldo. Yeah. That's that's about it. That's the logic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Oceania. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Oceania is the, the region, the continent uh, of all of the Pacific Islands. Uh, so it's like New Zealand is the major one, but you also have obviously Tahiti, Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, Micronesia. And so here they had, because of a lot of COVID concerns, they're playing their uh, World Cup qualifying in Qatar in the last couple of windows, or I should say in, in this pretty much past window. Yeah, just just this window. <laughs> yeah, and this means that, you know, it, it's pretty much all, it started, it's almost done. And so what we see here is eight teams vying for one spot, and it's not even an automatic spot, mind you. It is a spot to the Intercontinental Playoffs, which has been drawn, and that'll be what the two remaining spots will go to the winner of OFC, and so the winner of this Oceana uh, tournament, and the fourth place team in CONCACAF, which right now is very much looking like Costa Rica. And then it's AFC and their uh, continental representative and CONMEBOL's intercontinental representative. So CONCACAF got dealt the easier hand. Uh, OFC will always get dealt the hard hand. Uh, in Group A, we had Solomon Islands, Tahiti, uh, Vanuatu, Vanuatu and yep. the Cook Islands. Uh, Vanuatu and the Cook Islands had to withdraw because of COVID-19. So this group is actually just Solomon Islands <laughs> and Tahiti playing a one-off game. And they both and qualified to the semifinal. They both qualified for the semis. So uh, kind of sucks, but whatever. Uh, group B, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Fiji, and New Caledonia. New Zealand and Papua New Guinea advance. And so it's New, New Zealand versus Tahiti in uh, the final in uh, Doha and in the semifinal, I should say. And I, I was actually surprised how close this game was. I was, I was like, was actually watching the games. I have no idea where I can watch this. But I was following on a foot mob and it was, it wasn't until the 71st minute where uh, Kakache, I have no idea how to pronounce that. Close enough. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, Kakache of uh, the great team of Empoli on loan from uh, Sint Den scored the breakthrough goal to, to send New Zealand to the final. But I was expecting a lot more from them because this is a team that usually dominates the OFC. On the other side, we had the Solomon Islands with a crazy, crazy game uh, uh, against Papua New Guinea. Won that 3-2. to two. So it will be in the final Solomon Islands, New Zealand for a spot not in the World Cup again, but in the Intercontinental Playoffs, where they'll probably have to play Costa Rica. Jack, are you backing New Zealand or the Solomon Islands here? Uh, I'm going to back New Zealand. It's the safer option, but Solomon Islands have had an impressive enough campaign. Uh, they 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 fought it out for a win against Papua New Guinea. It, it wasn't easy for them, uh, that is for sure. Papua New Guinea scored first, but they did mount that comeback. I still think New Zealand should be able to take it, you know, sure. and they've got a West Ham legend on their team, as far as I understand as well. Yes, of course. Of Winston course. Reed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I was going to say about, like, 
L- L- legend. <sighs> I mean, hey. he, he was hammered the year one year, and then he got injured, and then it all fell apart. And <sighs> he played, he played over two hundred games for, hey, for two hundred games is good, but uh, he he could have been great. That's all I'll say, and I I, I stand I stand by that. I, I've always been a a Winston Reed fan, despite not playing well. He played in like Sporting Kansas City too. I want to yeah, say he did. So twelve games there. That's uh, it. SKC legend two question mark. No, no. Probably not. He played, <laughs> he played as many games for Brentford. So yeah. Probably not. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this this uh, calf World Cup qualifying. As everybody knows, uh, CAF, the the Confederation of African Football, uh, their World Cup qualifying they they had their first round, which is a, a group stage or second round, I should say, uh, but nobody directly qualifies from that. In the third round, the, the all the top teams from those groups play each other. In a, a two-legged affair, the winner of that two legs goes on. And as far as I know, it's unseeded, and so you get really good teams playing against really, really good teams. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, complaints about that, but that's the way it is. So here we have Egypt versus Senegal, Cameroon versus Algeria, Ghana versus Nigeria, uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo versus Morocco, and Mali versus Tunisia. Egypt versus Senegal, Jack. We're halfway through these. Uh, Egypt. You know, got got an own goal in their favor, so it's one to zero. Next games in Senegal. Do you think that uh, Egypt has what it takes to hold on, or do you think Mendy and Senegal can uh, go go off their Afcon form and win this? I think Senegal can still do it. You know, they're playing okay. they're playing at home. Uh, Egypt kind of got lucky, I think, in in that game as well. Uh, yes, they, they they both teams had three shots on target, but. They were lucky to get that own goal. I I still think Senegal can get it done. Uh, I I'm I'm hoping so because I would rather have Senegal qualify over Egypt personally uh, for the Chelsea representation. Uh, yeah, that that's about it. That that's the I only mean, reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a it's a pretty big shame that these two teams can't both qualify. Because I mean, who really wants to see Tunisia and Mali? No offense. I'm just kidding. I I I like Tunisia, but uh, it's two very big teams, obviously, going off uh, each other. Well, this is the Afcon final rematch, too, right? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So uh, it's very intense, but but um, honestly, I I'll have to agree. I think Senegal has been the better team historically in in these past couple of years, even in this match, despite it being in Egypt. Senegal outshot Egypt ten to nine. Had more possession, had more accurate passes. If they're able to dictate the game even more in Senegal, this might go towards Senegal's favor. Yeah, I I, I think so. But I think the most interesting thing about the African qualifiers in general is that literally any of the teams that are in there can still go through. Like none of these ties feel like they're wrapped up, which oh, yeah. is not at awesome. All. Uh, you know the. <laughs> The there's a one one draw between Congo Democratic Republic of Congo and Morocco. Algeria leads Cameroon one to zero. Tunisia leads Mali one to zero. Ghana and Nigeria are tied zero zero. Uh, yeah. And then Egypt are beating uh, Senegal one to zero. So you feel like anything can happen in this second leg, which is honestly how it should feel like. Right. Like that. That's that's kind of what you want to see. The excitement up until the last day. Yeah. Uh, to go through these real quick, I think Algeria versus Cameroon, 
they got they got the the away win, which is huge. And I think I, I this is the game I watched, and I, I think that Algeria was better than Cameroon. Uh, to highlight Nuhutolo of Seattle Sounders, I think he was one of the better Cameroonian Cameroonian players. Uh, Mares didn't really have a great opportunity to get into the game because of him, uh, but Algeria, everyone else was still really good. Uh, Slimani got that that opening goal uh, and the only goal, and then you have the defense really came big. I have to highlight uh, Mboli of uh, Algeria, who is 35, had four really important saves, and Cameroon, you know. Being at home had a, a, a good amount of, of chances, had 10 shots, uh, of which I want to say like a four were on target, and he came up big, and he kept Algeria in this, and that's why I think Algeria are the more likely team here to go through. Jack? I, I agree. Uh, Cameroon, yes, they had an impressive AFCON, but Algeria, who did not have an impressive AFCON, are looking for some revenge, it appears, yeah. and uh, they're certainly finding it, and I... Wouldn't want to be the team that faces up against them, really, no. uh, because they're they're not happy, uh, to say the very least. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be an interesting one, but I think Algeria can get it done. But moving to Ghana versus Nigeria. Man, this is tough to 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 see. That's but a tough one as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Nigeria. Uh, they they held up pretty well against Ghana. Uh, seven shots to ten. I, I wasn't able to watch uh, the entirety of, of this game, but I, I think if you know, Ghana did well, but I think Ainacho and, and Ozyman can get into more rhythm here, I think they'll be a- able to uh, win, win, win it. They relied a lot on their on their goalkeeper. I, I do remember seeing stats about that, and the, the Ghana midfield and defense had their way, but I think you flip the script have it be played in Nigeria and anything can happen. And with it being a blank slate, I think Nigeria is going to run with it. What do you think, Jack? I think so as well. Nigeria have a lot of attacking talent, but as we've discussed in the past, they're not always able to put it all together, uh, which is a bit of a shame because, you know, you look at their attackers, Emmanuel Dennis, uh, Victor Osimhen, Kalichi Iannaccio, Samuel Chukwesi, those are solid players. So uh, I, I think they should make it through. Nigeria are, are a fun team. And also they had one of the best kits of the 2018 World Cup. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they make it and make another good kit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love, love, love to see that uh, really dripped out last, last tournament. Uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo versus Morocco. Jack... Morocco, Congo. What are, you, what are you? What are you thinking? I'm going with Morocco for this one. Uh, they had an opportunity to finish this game. Really, there was a missed penalty there uh, in for Morocco uh, in the 55th minute. If they had made that, I think that that they could have really established this game for their own. Uh, and plus, Democratic Republic of Congo are missing their first choice left back because of right. the red card. So I think that's going to make things a little bit tougher. I still think that uh, the 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 um, manager of the Moroccan national team has got to be regretting whatever he did to piss Hakim Ziyech off, yeah. because they miss his creativity so so much. You know they they don't they do not create chances like they used to, and uh, I I 
I, I feel like he, he's got to be like begging Ziyech to come out of retirement sure. at this point. Uh, but I, th- I think Morocco can still get it done. All right. I, I'm not as convinced. I think Democratic Republic Congo is a pretty decent team. Uh, they, they held their own. And I, I, I look at this Moroccan team, and although there's a lot of talent— I'm also seeing a, a lot of holes that uh, Democratic Republic Congo, if they can like really, you know, bunker in and, and get the most out of their chances, could potentially get away with something cool here. And it's still one on one, so who knows? Uh, next or lastly is uh, Tunisia versus Mali getting played. I'm gonna go with Tunisia. I I, I think it will be a close game, but uh, Sasako is out for Mali. Uh, which is a pretty important center back loss for them. And I think Tunisia playing at home is going to, you know, really boost their chances at getting at least a draw, if not another win here. Jack? Yeah, um, actually, I, I, I think it's worth noting um, Abdoulaye Decore now plays for Mali. I didn't even realize he switched recently. Because oh, yeah. up until literally this month, he was French and eligible to represent France. So very interesting there. Uh, not a great debut, <laughs> we'll no. just say. Uh, but Sasako had not a great game either with the red card and an own goal to wrap yeah. it all up. Uh, not great from the 21-year-old there, but still, uh, I think Tunisia can get it done. We, we've seen Tunisia be a pretty solid team over over recent years, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they made it in... Uh, I, I would I would like to see Mali make it through as well because they've got a pretty good midfield pairing there with Ducore and Basuma. Mm-hmm. But I still think Tunisia with that one goal advantage, knowing how good they can be defensively, uh I think I think they could make it they could make it through. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Asia. So we have uh the four automatic qualifiers already wrapped up. South Korea versus Iran. They really ran away with it uh oh, yeah. in group A. <laughs> There's one game left, but right now Iran are 13 points ahead of third place UAE, so they just dominated, dominated that that one. Group B is a little closer. Japan and Saudi Arabia were the two uh, automatic qualifiers here. Japan, I, I remember even talking about it, uh, did not have a great opening uh, of World Cup qualifying. They w- lost two games in three and could have looked like they'd be... Uh, uh, looking at that third place spot, but they have absolutely ran rampant on this uh, on this group, winning out the rest of the the tournament. Saudi Arabia, of course, was second place, and Australia, fifteenth, uh, fifteen points in third place. Uh, they have already clinched that third place spot, so they will be going on to the fourth round, where they play the third place team of Group A, which I mentioned was UAE right now, but with one game left, it could still be Iraq. And Iraq definitely does have uh, the easier uh, game. I think they're playing uh, Syria. Syria. Yep. Meanwhile, UAE plays South Korea, which is yeah. very, very tough. Jack, do you, do you know if it's in South Korea? Uh, it looks like for this game, it is in UAE, it looks okay. like. Okay, okay. But and, and, that being so, said, that being said, the UAE has never beaten South Korea. Okay. <laughs> And technically, I should say Lebanon have the ability uh, to to make it. But they, uh, they have, have to beat to, Iran. <laughs> they have to beat Iran by multiple goals. 
and also hope that both Iraq and the UAE don't win their games at all. So likely it's going to be between UAE and Iraq. And Jack, if you had a guess, you kind of have to like lean towards Iraq here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they play against Syria. Syria has not been good this yeah. uh, in this stage of uh, AFC qualification. Uh, one win. They, they've scored eight goals, to be fair, but they've conceded 15. Uh, so... I, I, I would I would probably back Iraq to get yeah. that third place spot. And then between the two there, uh, I'm I, Australia. I, I'd back Australia. Yeah, uh, they they did theoretically have a chance to make automatic qualification still uh, up until the most recent game. Their loss yeah. against Japan really like really took it out for yeah. them. So uh, they made their path a lot harder with that loss. Uh yeah. But I feel like they have a solid chance of beating whoever places third in the other yeah. group. And then they have a chance technically of qualifying. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think Australia, they, I mean, they started out this campaign really, really well. Uh, th- throughout 2021, uh, they they won almost every single one of, one of their games. It wasn't until they lost to Japan that things fell apart. In the last six uh, games here, they have only won one, and that was a 4-0 win against Vietnam. And you have games where you think that they should be able to win. China, Australia is definitely better than China. Oman, definitely better than Oman. They got draws in those games. Uh, lost to Japan again. Drew to Saudi Arabia, that's understandable, but still, that's not a great look. I do still think that they have what it takes to either make it above Iraq and UAE to get to that inter-confederation spot, which they'll play... Again, in, in Qatar in June against the four the fifth place team of Conmebol. So let's move on over to there. We have our four automatic qualifiers, Brazil, Argentina, Ecuador, and Uruguay in that order. Cool to see Ecuador there. Uh, I don't really see them as a South American powerhouse, but they were there. 25 points for them and Uruguay. Brazil and Argentina definitely ran away with this. 42 and 38 points, respectively. And then we have... In this last game, last match, match day, Peru, Colombia, and Chile all vying for that fifth place spot, which will see them play against either Australia, UAE, or Iraq. Right now, Peru is in control with 21 points, Colombia at 20, and Chile at 19. Jack, do you know who uh, these teams have to play next? Uh, for the, the, play, the ones that still have to play, Colombia, uh, they still have to play Venezuela. Easy Chile game. have to play Uruguay. Harder game. And uh, Peru, they have to play Paraguay. So, Okay. All right. Jack, if you had to guess who's making it there. Oh, man, it's so hard. I, I'm tempted to say Colombia make it into that spot. Okay. <sighs> it, it's, it's tough. I think Venezuela is worse than Paraguay. Uh, yes, Colombia are playing in Venezuela, uh, but Paraguay, I don't know. They, they had, they had a good win, like a very good win against Ecuador to be fair. So I, I could see, I could see them making it, making it over uh, Peru, but I want to talk about something in this and it is the most ridiculous thing. The Peru versus Uruguay game. Did you see what happened at the end of this? I did not see what happened. Tell me. Oh, boy. Uh, So Uruguay versus Peru. At the very end of this game, 
injury time, right? There, there is uh, five minutes added on. It is the 94th minute. Peru, get, get a shot in. The goalkeeper supposedly holds it out over the line or on the line. Uh-huh. From every angle I've seen, that looks like it crossed the line. Like, it looks like it 100% crossed the line. Okay. Like, even the shadow of the ball is below it. It, <laughs> okay. it looks really bad. Uh, but Peru was denied that equalizer. And it does not look good at all. Like, I, I, I really think they've been robbed there, if I'm being oh, wow. completely honest. Uh, and Uruguay, you know, if they, were, if they had drawn that game, Peru could have potentially made it to the automatic qualification spot. Wow. So that is just, I, I think it's really bad by, by Conville, a really bad miss. Uh, Peru is very upset about it. Uruguay has avoided a, bu- a bullet probably, honestly, right. with that. Uh, but, oh, wow. Like, what, what a mistake, honestly. I, that- it, again, I could be wrong uh, because I was not able to see the game live, but I saw that immediately after. And that angle does not make it look good. <laughs> that's that's what I'll say about it. Uh, but right. Wow. I, I'm I'm for for who makes it fifth. I'm gonna back Colombia because I would like Colombia to make the World Cup. Uh, I I I really li- I really like them, and I wouldn't be mad anyway if Colombia versus Australia happened. Like who made it in? I feel like both of those teams would be good right. ones to have in there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go back Peru because they're playing at home against Paraguay and uh, Paraguay has conceded a lot and Peru probably has what it takes. But if I had to pick a second team, I definitely back Colombia. They've scored a good amount of goals. They scored 19. Venezuela has given up the second most with a 33. So it's in the stars that it's going to be either Peru or Colombia. Chile is going to have obviously a hard time against Uruguay. So I'm going to back either of those two teams. And Jack, to extrapolate things further, you, you pick Colombia. Colombia versus Australia. What do you think there? Uh, for that, I'm going to... I'm going to back Colombia for that as well. Because oh, while wow. they've struggled recently, I, I still think they're better than Australia. Mostly because I can't think of any really potent attack threat. For Australia, I'm going to remember one immediately after we finish recording, and I'm going to regret that. But as I'm thinking about it, none really come to mind besides Aaron Moy. Uh, uh sure. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't believe uh, you happen to forget the great uh, powerhouses of uh, Aware Mobile and Mitchell Duke. Oh yeah, my bad. How could I forget? And Martin Boyle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these yeah, no, these no, got to no. be fake names. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will also say for our listeners that I got so worked up over the Uruguay-Peru ca- uh, calamity that uh, I my nose started to bleed. So that, yeah. that tells you how intensely I feel about Jeez. that. <laughs> he, he, Jack, Jack is just so... He's just so passionate about rules being upheld. And, oh, yeah, and, of course. Uh, yeah. Soccer being played in obscure form. Yeah. Well, Jack, I'll take over CONCACAF uh, as we go over that because uh, that is almost wrapped up. We have one more match day left. So uh, on the 24th, we had our, our third to last uh, match day here. Uh, Jamaica and El Salvador drew. Panama drew. Mexico and um, United States drew. Costa Rica 
surprise win over Canada to keep their hopes alive. And on match day 13, Canada won 4-0 against Jamaica to automatically qualify for the first time since 1986. Costa Rica and El Salvador had a very, very close game. If 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 El Salvador found an equalizer uh, at the end of the game, it would have been donezo for Costa Rica and automatic qualification for both Mexico and United States. That wasn't the case, though. United States pounded Panama 5-1. to one. We'll talk about that in a second. And Mexico eked out a very close win against Honduras 1-0 to zero, thanks to an Alvarez goal. And the way that things look right now, is El Salvador, Panama, Jamaica, and Honduras after these games are all completely eliminated. Canada has the only team that's automatically qualified. United States and Mexico and Costa Rica have at least qualified for the Inter-Confederation playoffs, likely against New Zealand. However, I should say that Costa Rica is three points behind the United States and Mexico meaning that if they want to overtake them and automatically qualify and send all those two teams to the fourth place spot, they'd have to make up the goal difference because goal difference is the very first tiebreaker. United States plays Costa Rica. Lot of potent storylines and maybe Costa Rica comes back. However, that's likely not the case. United States are on 13 plus 13 goal difference. Costa Rica's on three. So theoretically, Costa Rica can score five goals and make it through, except the fact that United States has more goals for. And so in order for this to work, it ha- they'd have to win like 10 to five. So they'll either have to win by six goals or five goals and have it be like some absurd scoreline. <laughs> Regardless, the United States is very, very likely. Uh, unless there is some... A calamitous event that I want to say is even beyond like the like Trinidad what on the field. One. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I mean Trinidad that was bad, but it was even statistically it was like a ninety four percent chance mm-hmm. that we qualify. Six percent, you know, still room for error there. Here, I looked at the ELO models that people are making. There's a ninety nine point eight percent chance that we qualify automatically. Like, the things that will have to happen, like, there's a stomach bug going around the U.S. men's national team that has to, like, like absolutely, like, make them bedridden for the next, like, five days. Even then, though, and we discussed this before the episode, a forfeit is a 3-0 loss only. Yeah, a, a forfeit's a 3-0 loss, so who, who knows? Just do that. No, w- would it be Would it be in the interest of sporting integrity to forfeit the game? No. Absolutely not. Would it qualify the U.S. to the World Cup? Yes. It would. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just just weighing the options there. But just, I just, personally think, Greg Burhalter, it is time for the 10-0-0 formation. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's time to honestly, like, if you ship one goal, it's fine because yeah. they have to they have to score five. Just play Burnley ball. It's fine. <laughs> I, I personally like to uh, for this lineup before we talk about what happened today. I'd like to see the, the standard defense that we've had out, Stefan. Uh, maybe instead of Musa, because I, I like Luca Del Torre and what he adds, like running with the ball. I want to see Adams, obviously. I want to say see probably Ariola, Ferreira, and Pulisic again, depending on on like how tired they are. But I definitely want to see Acosta. 
definitely mm. want to see Akasa as a defensive eight because not only can he like do some like dark magic and, and like you know <laughs> time waste to the best of his ability, but he's also going to be a pretty defensive force out there. Uh, so yeah, like I said before, United States, as long as they don't lose by six, they will qualify automatically. And even if they do, even if they do, they'll still have one more chance because they'll play against New Zealand which I'd like to think we're better than New Zealand in Qatar and a neutral stadium. I think we're better. I'd like to think so as well. (laughs) So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. I am not going to say that we are qualified. I'm going to say that it is statistically more likely than not that the USA is going to be going to the 2022 world cup. I, yes, it is statistically improbable. It's not impossible that the U S failed to qualify. I want to jinx it. Yes, it, it is like it. This is this is this is like I, I want to say nine hundred and ninety nine out of one thousand times uh-huh. we qualify from this. Uh, but again, but but again, you, you never know. We there there's still there's still one out of a thousand chances. You know those those things happen. They, those they happen, happen one out of every one thousand times. And yeah. for all we know, this could be the thousandth time. That being said. Still don't think it's it's going. It, it still don't think it's likely to happen. I'm being very very careful with the words here. Yeah, I mean, I remember last time Trinidad and Tobago, I got to see Kevin Molino celebrate in our faces. That was kind of sad. <laughs> and now who knows? I can see Francisco Calvo celebrating in the USS oh faces as they as they beat us six to zero. No, hopefully not. No. Uh, but as it happens, Mexico versus USA put out a pretty. A lineup, all things considered. We had we had Wea, Peppy Pulsic up front, uh Acosta, Adams, and uh Musa in the midfield, and the standard defense that I talked about before. Uh Yedlin got us a, a second yellow uh, through the tournament, so Shaq Moore was called in and he started uh this recent game. But that that Mexico USA game, there's some pretty bad uh pretty bad misses there. Pulsic missed a goal, didn't get didn't get a, a good good hit on it in the early half to be fair Ochoa really came up a uh, big but the, the miss that I was really ruining was the Reina perfect pass to Jack's hair player Jordan Peefock who not only skied it but if you told me that 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 shot went out for a throw-in I'd be like yeah that was how bad that <laughs> miss was oh man so Jack atone for your sins you, you have to give up you have to renounce your Peefock fandom no I won't. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a tough shot to make. It's tough. I, it, I mean, it. To be I fair, guess. like honestly, like that. That's being served first time across. It's kind of an awkward height. You know, it's Jack. Jack. I mean, it, I'm, I'm really trying here. I'm really trying for the agenda. It, it, it's hard for us. <laughs> if I was there, I would miss that. If you took the one of the leading goal scorers of the Swiss league. I kind of expect him to hit that in the back of the net, or at least get it on target and have Ochoa save it. Yeah, no, but it's fine, though, because my new favorite player is Walker Zimmerman, so it's fine. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. It's fine, yeah. So the number nine uh, debate continues. Is it Sargent? Is it Pepe? Is it Ferreira? I think maybe it is Ferreira. Maybe Maybe it is. Ferreira. Because, yeah, just to close out this game, Mexico versus the United States, a good result. As I said before, when when I previewed it last week, Pretty much, we needed four points out of this window to automatically qualify. Like statistically, four points would almost do it, and we got that. 
it's been a very successful window so far. I've been very happy with the way that we've lined up tactically, how we've played. Makes me wonder why we couldn't do this more often. But to get a point out of Estadio Azteca, a place that we haven't won, a place that is very hard to play, very hostile to play in, and to get a good result, rest some players, uh, you know, seat of our pants at the end, but, you know, we had that Gio Reyna run where he, like, literally dribbled for 30 seconds past, like, eight Mexican defenders. It was it was amazing. It, it was to pretty see, nice. It was pretty nice to see. To see that, it kind of shows that we're not scared of Mexico anymore. We are undefeated in four games against them, one of them being in their own home stadium. So are we the best in CONCACAF? No, that's probably Canada right now. But have we kind of exorcised our demons against Mexico? I think absolutely. And so going into the sec- this uh, second game of the window, we had we knew that we had to go for it because we knew that Costa Rica won their game against El Salvador. So we need to run up the score as much as possible. And that we did. Walker Zimmerman got absolutely like destroyed. Like Godoy just like uh, during a corner, just took like put a hand to his face, then choked his neck and slammed him to the ground as That's he's his trying teammate to like, too, his club teammate. Yeah, that is. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh no. And then not only that, not only did his it did Walker Zimmerman's fellow Nashville SC uh teammate just absolutely tackle him down to the ground. Godoy also handled the ball. So there's literally in about a span of like half a second, three penalty offenses. And so it was a penalty. And then Jack, I'll have you know that they followed the the, the Chelsea handbook and they had Jesus Ferreira act like he was stepping up to take the penalty. And then they're, they're like, yeah, you're going to miss whatever, whatever. And then uh, Ferreira just calmly hands it to Pulisic. Pulisic avoided all the commotion. It's genius. It's, it's he, the best strategy. Come on. It is. It really is. And, and Pielsic scored it. Amazing Captain America, 1-0. to zero. And then not six minutes later, Pielsic gets fouled, but advantage is called, and uh, the ball is delivered to Paul Ariola, who, mind you, is like 5'6". He's a short king. <laughs> rises up like 12 inches above the air, gets a clean header, and makes it 2-0 to zero for the United States. Absolutely shambolic defending from Panama this game. He's 5'5", five, five, by the way. 5 very short king that is amazing <laughs> that's awesome uh and he he scored off of a header like <laughs> i'm sorry panama i'm sorry panama fans that should never happen that that's that like should never that's happen. like virgil van dyke letting golo conte score off a header yeah exactly like that would just be embarrassing and there you go Ariola, uh the the one player on this uh team sheet mind you because it was like him uh ferreira pulisic uh ldlt uh Adams and Musa, those made up like the front four, and then we, oh, you always have like the standard defense plus Shaq Moore. He was the one player that people were like, I don't want to see him. What does he add? He I, adds I, verticality. Yeah, verticality. exactly. Verticality. Verticality in the air and up the pitch. Yes, exactly. Go. And I, I thought he had a good game. Like he, really, he was very good in only half. Uh, in only one half, he was a very solid attacking force. Yes, uh, absolutely. Had a goal and an assist, might I add. Yeah. So. I don't know. May, is is he the best right wing player for the USA? No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> if Tim Weah was available, I think he would have started. I think Tim Weah probably does start probably, against. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, Paul Ariola has that concave experience, but good form. I, you know, he, he's in form, obviously. I but I I think I'd give it to Tim Weah or start Paul Ariola and take him off at the half. Just make him like a run around. 
Yeah, no, like, that, like be like, "Hey, Francisco Calvo, you suck!" <laughs> bang, bang. You know what I mean? No, that that's that's what I'd do. I, I'd do that, uh, and then also have uh, Reyna be uh, impact sub in the game against Costa Rica. So sure. sub on Wea and Reyna at after halftime, and That'd just let them go nuts. Yeah, that'd be deadly. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So Ariola got that second goal, and then Jesus Ferreira, uh, Ariola's teammate in FC Dallas, gets another goal, and you know, cleanly puts it away. It's three to zero after 27 minutes. Mind you, the USA is the first and only team to have ever scored three goals in the opening 27 minutes in the history of this round of World Cup qualifying. So pretty emphatic. We really went for it. We had some defensive mistakes that almost seemed like we could have conceded early and let Panama back in the game. Well, for, and unfortunately for us, that didn't happen. Uh, Ferreira tried to score a bicycle kick off of really great movement from Luca Del Torre, Ariola, and Pulisic. And if that went in, the the internet would have shut down. Uh, <laughs> but there was another uh, uh, penalty uh, off offense that Pulisic put away for a brace. Really good goal. And then he did the worm. And it was one of the worst worms I've ever seen. But we don't we don't have to talk about that. We don't talk about Pul- that. Pulisic has a great talent for doing dance moves that he can't do in celebrations. Yeah. Like the, the gritty he the gritty, hit after, the in, against Lille, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was... I can't I can't dance that well. I could have done a better gritty, I think, yeah. probably. He, he should stick to his, like, his, his shushing celebration. Or, is, or, uh, the, or the knee slide, you know, the classic. Yeah, the classic knee slide. Yeah. The man in the mirror one. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah. He didn't have a pre-written message this time. He didn't have anything to say to Panama. (laughs) Uh, To close out the United States scoring, we have Pulisic with a great, great run uh, to make his hat trick. Captain America strikes again. Really good. And not only was this a perfectly executed game tactically, I'm really glad we didn't have to have Adams get a yellow card and miss the next game. Uh, In fact, we took out a a lot of our important players that might have been gassed off early. Musa, we took off at the half. He's played, you know, everything. Adams at seventy the 71st minute, we took off in order to preserve him for ne- next game. Feels sick as well. He's on a yellow card, so a bit of safety there. Ariola, the MVP of the team, obviously we had to take him off at half. Even Miles Robinson, defender, we took off in the 64th minute. Um, I I wouldn't say it's really tactical. I think that is a lot of do with like fitness and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, but uh. Yeah, I, I will say this is Christian Pulisic's first hat trick for the USA. So, oh yeah, right. That 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 is kind of, that feels kind of significant, you know, uh, to ha- to have like a USA player get a hat trick, and he's only twenty three. You know, he's still got at least at least a decade. You've got to feel uh, yeah. in him for the USA, and that is a, a quite a few World Cups that he could be playing in still. So. Uh, Absolutely. You, you like you like the sound of that, but what you don't like the sound of is uh, Aaron Lawn in this game. Potentially. Oh yeah. Uh, although I will say, and I, I wanted I wanted to say this. I only bring it up because I want to say it. The foul that gets called that he gets called for, where it leads to the free kick that leads to Godoy kind of redeeming himself by scoring a goal. I don't think it's a foul. Okay. Like I I think I think who I can't remember who he was. Uh, uh, like battling with on that flank, but it looks like he creates all the contact. Like the pan, uh, Panamanian player is literally like nudging his head into his arm and uh-huh. stuff like that. It it feels like it shouldn't have been a foul. I even the commentators before that were like great tackle. And they're like actually no. Uh, 
again, maybe yeah. it could be biased, but I still don't think it was a foul. Uh, but hey, five one win still still pretty solid. Yeah. You can't be I mean, you can't be too mad about it. It's it's like a consolation goal that you give up in the last five minutes, right? Like yeah, it's I, fine. I I think they I think. Panama, regardless if they scored that, still needs to... Oh, wait, no, sorry. I think Costa Rica, regardless if Panama scored that last goal or not, still needs six goals right. yeah. to to. It didn't move the us. needle at all. Yeah, exactly. So, whatever, whatever. Still one of the best games tactically from Burhalter. I think in these last two games, Burhalter has gotten the game plan right from the start, and that is not something that we could say in these games against Canada before, against Panama... And so there's a lot has changed. I'm really excited to see where we go with this. Because keep in mind, we still have this Costa Rica game. Hopefully, we, we get that we get that all sorted out. And after that, it is preparing for the World Cup. Literally, just preparing for the World Cup with four games. Four. We have four competitive games after Costa Rica. Jack, do you know what that is? No. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. <laughs> that is everyone's favorite tournament, the CONCACAF Nations League. Oh, the group boy. stage is starting with a double window in June. We're playing four games in uh, in three weeks because there's no tournament. You might as well. You might oh, as boy. well. I love the CONCACAF Nations League. Hey, man, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Maybe and Guyana so, will win it this time. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're like in what League C, <laughs> so, so there's Probably a chance not. that they might get promoted. Who knows? Who knows? Hey, that that would be a win. That would be a win. Yeah. But uh, friends, we have come to the end of the show. We we've talked a long time because you know World Cup qualifying is exciting, and I think it, I think I think you know we, we made this podcast to talk about world soccer as it that is exactly what we did. I think this is the most that we've ever talked about other other continents. So. Really happy about this episode. Jack, do you have anything else to say to say to our listeners? And uh, why don't you tell them where they can find us? Uh, well, they can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. Try and yes. post on there as much as possible. Uh, try try and post some memes from time to time. Yeah. Uh, post some really bad takes occasionally. Hopefully more good takes than bad takes, but... You know, the bad takes sometimes get the clicks more, so maybe a few more bad takes here and there. But if you if you want to if you want to yell at us for those bad takes, you have to be following us on Twitter. It, it is in the rules. I hate to break it to you, but it is in the rules there. So check us out <laughs> on Twitter at Final Third Show. All right, and also check out our website finalthirdshow.com for a one stop shop in all things, uh, you know, Final Third Show podcast. We'll see you guys this Thursday for, uh, I don't know what the deep dive is going to be. Something. <laughs> Something. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Monday for a nice, fun news and predictions episode. So, yeah, we'll see you guys same time, same place. Tell your friend, tell your dad, and we'll see you there. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>